Well, good morning, everybody. Happy Tuesday, or whatever time of day or day you're listening to this. Um, I'm not even gonna talk about the fact that it's been over a month. I'm just gonna say sorry. Um, but I did want to share a funny story that just happened that I think maybe you'll find funny, and we can laugh at my scatterbrain brainness. Is that a word? I don't know if it's a word. But uh, I was cleaning my room yesterday, right? Rearranging everything, and the cord to my mic is super long. It's obnoxiously long. And I was thinking, okay, what if I plug it into the power strip that I have behind my computer? So that way the cord won't be as long. I can still, you know, move my mic around if I need to, but it just won't be in the way. So here I am, pumped as fuck, to record this. And not only did I have to wait for my computer to install, download and install an update, so I was like, okay, this needs to hurry because I'm ready to record. I'm feeling inspired and this just needs to get done. So here I am patiently waiting, impatiently waiting, and I finally get in. I'm about to start recording and I'm trying to select my mic and my mic's not there for me to select to my computer. And I was like, what the F is going on? So I'm sitting here for maybe a minute trying to figure out what the fuck could be wrong. And then I realize, hey, um, your mic is supposed to be plugged into your computer can't just be plugged in the back so yeah I'm a genius clearly but it's fine um just had to share that with you so we could laugh at me together but I'm super excited about today and I hope you're fucking ready I don't think you're ready but buckle up put a freaking seatbelt on put a helmet on put it all on because we're about to get fucked up in the best way and Today I wanted to talk to you about narcissistic personality disorder and kind of just like how it can really, I don't want to say ruin your life, but it can definitely cause a lot of damage Uh, dealing with someone that has narcissistic personality disorder. It can be very emotionally, mentally draining and it can literally make you feel like you're going crazy. They can make you feel like you're going crazy and some people may not even realize that they have someone in their life that's narcissistic, but I'm willing to guess, I'm willing to bet that some, if not most of you, have or have had someone in your life that has narcissistic personality disorder, and maybe you didn't even recognize it because maybe you didn't know too much about narcissistic personality disorder, and that's okay uh, because there's always opportunity to learn about it and it's always best to learn about it because it is a personality disorder that I think can really fuck you up in more ways than one. And, you know, maybe listening to this, you can start to recognize in the future, like maybe you don't have one in your life right now, but maybe in the future you will come across someone that displays these traits and you can be like, all right, peace the fuck out because you know, or set boundaries for yourself to maybe not interact too much with them or, you know, you can recognize these traits and maybe avoid them in this person. I don't want to tell you to completely cut them off, but (laughs) this, you'll see, you'll learn, you'll hear how 
much of an impact this personality disorder can leave on someone, and it's not a positive impact. So before I get into narcissistic personality disorder in itself, um, I did want to talk about just personality just in general. So personality is a set of uniquely expressed characteristics, and these characteristics do influence our behaviors, emotions, thoughts, interactions that we have with other people. And so these characteristics are called personality traits, and they do lead us to react in a predictable way as we move through our life. So our personalities are flexible. And when I say flexible, I mean that it's kind of like a, the way I think of it is kind of like a nature versus nurture. And so our personalities are flexible in the way that as we interact with our surroundings, we do try to use various responses to see which will feel better for us and which are more effective. And this flexibility is something that people who suffer from a personality disorder do not have. And so there are different personality disorders. Uh, there are, are the odd personality disorders, and these would be the paranoid personality disorder, schizoid personality disorder, or personality disorder. Did I say that? I think I did. And schizotypal personality disorder. There are the dramatic personality disorders, and these would be the antisocial PD, the borderline PD, the histrionic PD, and the narcissistic PD. And there are the anxious personality disorders, and these would be the avoidant PD, dependent PD, and obsessive compulsive PD. So these people cannot be as flexible with their personality traits. And so people with personality disorders, they do display enduring rigid patterns of inner experience and outward behavior, and this will impair their sense of self, emotional experiences, goals, capacity for empathy, and or capacity for intimacy. So essentially, their personality traits are a lot more extreme and dysfunctional than most other people. So this can lead to significant problems and psychological pain for themselves and for others around them in their lives. So it is, you know, it's unfortunate in the fact that it can't really be changed. Um, they, as far as they can't really be flexible with it. And so, I mean, it is unfortunate because it does destroy a lot of friendships, others' lives, their lives, obviously. And these are things that can end up transferring issues to their child. Um, if they do have kids, it uh, can definitely prove a little difficult for that kid. And that's something that I personally can speak about and give my opinions on uh, because my mom does have narcissistic personality disorder. She'll never admit it, which is also a big thing with narcissists. They will never admit their faults. So today we're going to be diving into narcissistic personality disorder and it's going to be crazy. Okay. I know I already said that, but we're just, let's, let's just get into it. Okay. So narcissistic personality disorder does fall into the cluster of dramatic personality disorders. Um, and so people with these problems, they are dramatic, emotional, they're erratic, and it is almost impossible for them to have relationships that are truly giving and satisfying to them. Um, and of these personality disorders, some are more diagnosed 
more commonly diagnosed than the others. And when it does come to these, this cluster, uh, the antisocial and borderline personality disorders have received most of the studies uh, just because they do create so many problems for other people. And they're just, they're not well understood. Like the causes of them are not well understood. And there are treatments, some are ineffective and some are moderately effective. And for the sake of today, since I'm just going to be covering narcissistic personality disorder, um, the their responsiveness to treatment is very poor. So it further shows why it's so difficult and hard to deal with someone who has narcissistic personality disorder because they don't respond well to treatment, meaning they're probably going to stay that way and thus more of a reason to try to get the fuck out of there as soon as, you know, things start to get hectic for you because uh, putting your mental health at stake is not worth that relationship because I do, I promise you, it is going to tear you down. It is really just gonna fuck you up and it's just not worth it for your own mental sanity and your own mental well-being. Find a better person to spend your time with. And even though I know we are talking about narcissistic personality disorder today, I kind of think I want to touch on some others in the future, uh, especially borderline personality disorder, because that PD and narcissistic PD are things that I can actually relate to, things that I actually deal with on a daily basis uh, because of my mom and, you know, a few people that I have in my life uh, that also display these personality types. So I feel like I can get on a deeper level with it, uh, but I definitely want to talk about the others, but uh, at a later time. So, narcissistic personality disorder. These individuals are generally grandiose, uh, meaning that they exaggerate their talents, capacity, and achievements in unrealistic ways. Uh, they do need a lot of admiration, and they feel no empathy with others. Uh, and they are convinced of their own greatness, success, power, beauty, and they do expect constant attention and admiration from those around them, which is, I mean, I feel like a lot of us like admiration. I mean, we do like to be admired from others. We do like to be appreciated, but this is on a different scale. If they don't receive admiration, praise, attention, they can become angry. They can become er like erratic. They can become sometimes they can, you know, become a little physical, unfortunately, um, and they just will tear you down in any way, shape, or form. And giving them all of the attention that they feel they deserve or that they're entitled to is going to completely just run you ragged, for one. For two, it is almost impossible to give that, give them give one person the amount of attention that they need, that they feel they deserve. And that's what makes this personality disorder just so horrible for everyone around them because 
it's literally like they'll never be happy. They can never be happy no matter what you do. Like you could literally, they could tell you like, I want you to jump to here and you can jump like 10 feet higher than what they tell you to. And it's still not enough for them. It will never be enough for them. And they will just continue to take and take and take and take until you have nothing left to give. And then they'll just tell you to fuck off and go find someone else that will feed their ego the way they need it to be fed. So before I continue to get further into narcissistic personality disorder, I want to talk about where it started, how we even got the term narcissism or narcissist. Uh, so it going to take you back to some Greek mythology. Uh, so Narcissus was actually the son of the river god Cephasus. I hope I'm saying their names wrong. I might be saying it wrong. But the river god Cephasus and the nymph Liriope and he was distinguished for his beauty. And it was written that Narcissus' mother was told by a blind seer, Tiresias, that he would have a long life if he didn't recognize, if he never recognized himself. So basically, if he never looked at himself, he would live a long life. And so this part, there are a few different stories, a few different versions, if you will, um, of why he became synonymous with the narcissistic personality disorder. So it is said that one, um, he was rejected. His love was rejected from a nymph named Echo. And the other story is that his twin sister died. The twin sister was basically an exact replica of him. And depending on which story you choose to believe, both of them do end with him sitting at a riverbank just staring at his reflection and he ended up dying because he just became so enraptured in staring at himself in the water because he fell he just fell in love with him himself his own reflection and he either pined away or killed himself depending on uh, which story you choose to follow and so that's why he became synonymous with the narcissistic personality disorder and why it was named after him because it did show an excessive degree of self-esteem or self-involvement and according to freud this is a condition that is usually a form of emotional immaturity so now that i gave you the backstory on how narcissistic pd came to be why it has the name it has and so on and so forth i did find a little passage from one of my textbooks that I think would further help understanding, help with understanding like what this disorder is from a scholarly article. So narcissistic people, um, they exaggerate their achievements and talents. They expect others to recognize them as superior. They do often appear arrogant. They are very choosy about their friends and associates believing that their problems are unique and can be appreciated only by other special high-status people. And because of their charm, they often make favorable first impressions, yet they can rarely maintain long-term relationships. Because these people are seldom interested in the feelings of others, they may not even be able to empathize with such feelings. They do take advantage of other people to achieve their own ends, perhaps partly out of envy, at the same time, they believe others envy them. Um, 
although they are grandiose, they do react to criticism or frustration with bouts of rage, humiliation, or embitterment. And embitterment is just basically saying that they would be angry or resentful for having been treated unfairly. And I think it's important to note that, especially in the that particular in like embitterment and how they believe they've been treated unfairly, to them it's unfair because they're not getting their way. So it's not necessarily that people are genuinely doing bad upon them or giving them anything negative. It's just not what they believe they deserve because they believe they deserve like the most amazing, just perfect treatment. Like think, they basically think they're like Queen Elizabeth, freaking Queen of Sheba. They think they deserve everything. Any ounce of whatever you can give them, they think they deserve it no matter how they act, because to them, they can never act in an imperfect way. Which is why it's so hard for them to have meaningful relationships, because the other person literally feels like a dancing monkey, like they have to do everything and anything to make this person happy. And it's almost like it's like a bottomless pit of what can I do? I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this, but then the person's just never happy. They're never satisfied, they always want more. And the unfortunate part of this is people who are codependent are literally drawn to these people. They're drawn to narcissists and it's setting them up for failure and it's very unfortunate. And when they're in a relationship, when narcissists are in a relationship with codependents, it almost feels like a dreamlike state, but then the relationship does turn into like a seesaw and it's filled with love, pain, hope, disappointment. And it seems like it's never ending. Like they literally will just suck everything out of you. And usually these codependents grew up in a house where they were kind of deprived of love and their parents didn't really care for them. They didn't receive the love that they should have received. And it turns into them willing to do anything to please their partner if it means they'll feel loved. And that's why they're the perfect prey for a narcissist because they know that this person is just so starved for love that they can get them to do literally anything if they just show them or put on this mask to make this codependent person think that they're receiving love. But it's not. It's not love. They're not really receiving it. But the narcissist knows they just have to make it seem like they're receiving it in order for that person to do everything they want them to do. When dealing with a narcissist, one of their favorite things to do is to gaslight you. These people are going to gaslight the shit out of you and make you feel like you're fucking crazy. They make you feel like you're the problem. And in turn, in doing that, you owe them everything because you're the problem. You're the fucking crazy one. And it's literally a systematic strategy of manipulation. 
and they manipulate the environment in order to prove that there's something wrong with you. When in reality, they're the problem. They're the issue. And there is something wrong with them. There's nothing wrong with you. It's all them. But they cannot be the imperfect one. So they cannot be the problem. So they make you feel like you're the problem. At the end of the day, the only thing that really matters to them is to enjoy a constant and steady supply of attention. While they're getting that attention, they get to avoid any accountability for the harm that they cause. Because it was you. It wasn't them. You. So in those moments, you literally start to question yourself. Is this person right? Am I, am I the reason why there's so many issues? Because this whole time I thought they were the problem. They were crazy. And they just are a shitty person. But maybe I'm the problem. Maybe I am the shitty person. Maybe I'm the reason why this relationship isn't working. Maybe I should try to make things better since I'm the reason why this relationship isn't working. Let me, let me find out what I can do to make things better for them. Maybe if I kiss their ass enough or maybe if I buy them flowers or do something to show them that I care and that I admire them and I can just give them all the attention. Maybe that'll make things better. Everything will be fine and they'll be happy with me. They'll love me. They'll show me all the love that I want, show me all the love that I haven't received, and everything will be fine. But everything isn't fine. That's what, what they're doing is not fine. What they're doing is manipulating you to give them exactly what they want and what they genuinely feel that they deserve because these people think that they genuinely deserve to be treated like they're the fucking queen of the world or they're the king of the world whoever the fuck they are whatever the fuck they think they are they just think that they are superior to everyone and that you're just lucky to be in their presence you're lucky that they allow you to be in their bubble because it is a very prestigious bubble that only special important people get to be a part of and you're just so lucky and so blessed that they allow you to be part of it that's how they feel and their charm makes you feel that way like oh my god this person is so great and i just really don't deserve them like look at how amazing they are wow like they're just such amazing people but that's part of the reason why they don't have long-lasting relationships, whether they're intimate relationships or just friendships or sometimes even family. Because eventually that mask falls off. And sometimes people don't buy what the fuck is under that mask, just in general. They can see right through it. And people get tired of that shit and that's why they don't have relationships because not everyone is going to stick around because not everyone's going to put up with the bullshit. And that's what makes these codependent people so perfect for them. And it's kind of a sick game that they play because they know this is the perfect prey for me. This is literally everything I want in life. I want someone that I can toss around 
because they are desperate for love and I can pretend to give them that. I can manipulate the situation to where I just show them just the slightest amount of attention that they're craving, the slightest bit of love that they're craving. And once I get them attached, I can do whatever the fuck I want and they're not going to leave because they're desperate. And this is where it makes it difficult for people to get out and why people struggle so much to get out because it literally feels impossible. And from the outside perspective, and even when, you know, you finally get out of it, like if you are stuck in this fucking trap, once you finally get out of it, you can see it. But in the moment, you don't. And you try to get out or you try sticking up for yourself. You try telling them like, hey, I don't like your fucking behavior. Like you're treating me like this. You're treating me like that. They don't like that. So the moment that you stick up for yourself, they lash out in any way, shape or form that they can. And it usually comes in the form of gaslighting. And so you're trying to get out, right? You can finally see the light at the end of the tunnel and you're like, I'm going to fucking stick up for myself. I'm going to tell them to shove it up their ass or to fuck off. And you do that. And they're like, wait a minute here. What are you doing? Why are you talking to me? Why are you trying to talk to me like this? Like, why is this person trying to come at me? Like, do they know who I am? Clearly they don't know who I am because they're over here testing me. So then in comes the gaslighting and you're right back where you started, which is exactly what they want. And they might even tell you like, oh, I'm so I'm going to give you a little scenario here. Okay. Let's say the narcissist and their codependent partner trying to go to sleep, right? The narcissist decides I'm going to watch some TV before I go to sleep, even though I know my partner has to be up at 4am to get ready for work. And I'm going to sit here and I'm going to listen to this TV loud as fuck. And I'm going to react because it's a funny movie. So I'm going to be laughing and possibly waking up my partner all throughout the night, even though they have to wake up early, but who cares? It's my world. They're just living in it. Codependent partner the next day comes home from work tired AF because they didn't get any sleep. So they tell their narcissistic partner all about their day. And they're like, yeah, you know, but I was kind of tired because I kept waking up in the middle of the night because you had the TV on so loud. You were laughing so loud. The narcissist is like, oh, hell no. I know this person is not trying to blame me for their problems, even though, I mean, it kind of is their fault because they decided that they had to be self-centered as fuck and do what they wanted to do, regardless of who it's going to affect in a negative way. They will look at them and they will say, oh, well, that sucks that you didn't really get any good sleep, but really it's your fault. You should have woken up and told me, hey, can you turn the TV down? So, I mean, really, it's not my fault that you didn't sleep. It's kind of your fault. So then you're sitting there thinking like, oh, fuck, like they're right. I mean, it kind of was my fault. Maybe, maybe I should have told them, hey, can you turn the TV off or turn it down or maybe go watch it somewhere else? But I didn't. So I guess it, it, it really is my fault that I didn't get, I can't believe I was trying to blame them for me not, for me not getting good sleep and going to work tired because I mean, it is my fault. I can't believe I blame them. I'm such a bad partner. I should probably make it up to them. Maybe I can like make them dinner 
Maybe I can make them dinner tomorrow. No, I should probably make them dinner today, even though I'm really, really tired. And I kind of just want to go to bed early. I, yeah, I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to go to the store right now. I'm going to buy them some flowers. I'm going to make them some dinner. And I'm going to make up for it because why would I blame them for me not being able to sleep? It's my fault. It's all my fault. That's literally the cycle. And it's a draining cycle. But the narcissist fucking lives for it. Because now they've shifted the blame back onto you because you you really fucking tried to put the blame on me for your lack of sleep so i have shifted the blame to you and now i'm gonna get dinner i'm gonna get flowers because you realize you're wrong and i did nothing wrong and now you're gonna apologize and you're gonna give me everything i want because you fucked up you made me you try to make me feel bad you try to put the blame on me when really it was your fault so why the fuck are you trying to come at me like it was my fault and it is just this big web of unhealthy, shitty, emotionally, mentally draining cycle. It's just, it's why it is so difficult to even have a relationship with these people. And it can eventually sometimes turn physical. And that's the scary part is for some people, yeah, it does just stay physical and mental, like physically and mentally abusive, which is not okay. That is definitely not okay. But in some cases it does turn into physical abuse. And it's so important for people to start understanding more, learning more and becoming more aware of this personality disorder and how dangerous it can be in some situations. And these people literally make you feel like you're just lucky to be there. You're just lucky to have just even a little crumb of their life. And it's, it's just really fucked up. And it can be so hard to get away, but it's important to get away. And I feel bad saying that because it's basically me saying that these people don't deserve love. And that's not necessarily what I mean, but what I do mean is that their love is not worth any negative feelings you're having about yourself or yeah, yourself, your life, everything, because they will, like, they will drive you to, into the ground, and sometimes people don't get out, they stay, and just live an unhappy life, because they're too busy trying to make their partner happy, even though true, true happiness is not going to happen, they're always... There's always going to be something that could be better. Always something that you could do better. Always something that you could make better for them. It's just always, there's just always some sort of improvement that you can make. No improvements that they can make because they're perfect. Don't, don't forget they're perfect. So you can't expect them to change anything because pff, there's nothing wrong with them. 
And this is why it is so difficult to treat them. It's just a really difficult personality pattern to treat because these people are unable to acknowledge weaknesses and they can't appreciate the effect of their behavior on others and they can't incorporate feedback from others. And these people really have the audacity to go into treatment, okay? And they try to manipulate their therapists. They try to manipulate them into supporting their sense of superiority. And at times, they also seem to project their grandiose attitudes onto their therapists, and they do develop a love-hate stance towards them. So it's literally there is no winning when they go into therapy because the point of therapy is to better yourself. You have to acknowledge that you're not perfect. And that's okay because there's no such thing as perfection. But when you're going into therapy, you want to fix things about yourself. You know, if there's anything negative or, you know, you're just fucking dealing with shit, you go to therapy. But when they go to therapy, they, they can't do that because that involves them admitting that there's something wrong with them or they have a problem. They just can't acknowledge it. So it's like, what's the point? And that's why a lot of them don't go to therapy because they don't think there's anything wrong. And a majority of the people that do end up in therapy is because they go in to treat something related. Like depression, you know, it's a related disorder to narcissism. So they go in there to treat that. And then, I mean, that's just when shit opens up. But then they're like, oh, there's nothing wrong. I'm fine. And they try to manipulate their therapist. So if you're still struggling to decide whether or not the person that you're thinking about, because I'm sure you're thinking about someone in particular while you're listening to this, if they are narcissistic or not, because, you know, it can kind of be difficult sometimes to realize it, and that's okay. But to help a little bit more, I'm going to talk to you about this video that is actually on YouTube. I will link it in, like, the description, and you can go listen to it later if you want to. But it is literally the perfect example of a narcissistic person. And it's a true story. It's voicemails that were left on a woman's phone um, from a narcissistic man. And good thing she got these voicemails because she dodged a bullet. So for to make things easier, uh, we'll call her Pam and we'll call him Robert, okay? So Pam is out minding her business. She's at a bar, right? This guy comes up to her and he's like, oh my God, you're beautiful. Uh, can I please have your information? So, you know, maybe we can go out. I can take you on a date. So Pam was like, sure. And so she gives him her business card that has her business number on it, not her personal number, nothing, okay? So she, you know, gives it, he's like, oh, okay, thanks. You know, I'm Robert, by the way, blah, blah, blah. So maybe about an hour later, he begins calling the number that, that's on her business card. And, you know, it starts out very nice. And he's like, hey, Pam, this is Robert, the guy that you just met at the bar. Um, and, you know, I know you just gave me your information, but I just have to tell you, like, you're just so beautiful. And I would really love to take you on a date. And so, you know, I thought I would just go ahead and call you now rather than, you know, wait. And, you know, call me back as soon as you can, as soon as you get this. And, you know, we can set up a date. So... 
Pam doesn't call him back, right? So he calls again. And this is all on the same day, okay? This man calls again and he's like, hey, Pam, you know, like I still haven't heard from you, you know, but I just, I just had to, you know, call you again just because you're so beautiful and I just have to take you out. And, you know, you haven't responded to my call. You, you know, you haven't called me back. And, you know, it's just really difficult to get a hold of you because, you know, I, I think this might be your work number. And maybe that's why you're not getting back to me. That has to be why you're not getting back to me. It must be that you're just not in the office right now and you just haven't heard my message. Uh, so, you know, I just wanted to call again. You know, really want to take you out. Please call me back whenever you can. So sometime after, same day, Robert calls again. Same spiel. Really trying to take you out. Why are you not returning my calls? Why? I've called you three times. This is my third time calling you and you still haven't gotten back to me. Why have you not gotten back to me? I'm a very attractive man, and this very attractive man would like to take you, a very attractive woman, out for a date. Why can you not call me back? Please call me back. Hangs up, calls again, and you notice that each message is getting increasingly aggressive and angry, okay? Because a narcissist cannot handle being ignored in any sense of the way. So if you ignore their text messages, you ignore their calls, you ignore them as you walk past them, maybe because you didn't see them, if you're like in a work setting, you're at school, whatever, you just don't see them. That just is, that just can't happen. That is just unforgivable. You can't ignore them. So he sends another, he calls her again, leaves another message and is extremely just irate because she still has not gotten back to him and he just flies off the fucking handle and it's no more like oh you're beautiful i'd like to take you on a date like you know nice person right no it is hey pam this is robert calling you again i don't understand why you would give someone your information if you can't even call them back you're pretty, but not pretty enough to be acting like this. I'm a very successful man. I'm very handsome. And I could have given you so much, so much more than you deserve. I don't think you understand how amazing of a person I am. I, you would just be lucky, lucky to go on a date with me. But now you're not going to because you can't answer the phone. And why the fuck would you give me your work number? Why wouldn't you give me a personal number that you can actually reach me on or that I can actually reach you on? Is that what you do? You just go around just leading guys on? I, this is just really fucked up. Don't call me. I want nothing to do with you. You're not even that special. You're not even that pretty. Hangs up. So that right there is classic narcissist first voicemail you were able to hear that he just thought she was the bee's knees okay just so beautiful he would love to take her on a date the next message same thing but a little more aggressive third one is significantly more aggressive than the first one and you kind of see a little more of the narcissist coming out like i'm a really great guy you'd be lucky to go on a date with me to full-blown rage because they aren't getting a message back 
and that is textbook narcissist. That is what they do. That is who they are. So hopefully that little example, that little story kind of put it into more perspective for you. And like I said, I think that woman dodged a bullet and hopefully this helps a lot of people dodge some bullets because I'm telling you, they're out there, okay? I wouldn't be surprised if you, you're you going to be getting some bullets thrown at you soon or shot at you soon from someone. So fucking duck cover and holds because uh, that's what you do with earthquakes. Never mind. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? You catch my drift, right? I hope this podcast, this episode in general just helps you. If you're in a situation with a narcissist, I'm saying this in the nicest way possible. You need to get the fuck out. Like you need to get out of there as soon as you can, because it's just going to get worse. It's not going to get better. There's a reason why therapy or treatments don't work for these people because they're incapable of it because of their idea that they are just so perfect and that they're not the problem everyone else is and it's going to make you crazy in every sense of the word and it's it's just not going to get better you might be telling yourself it'll get better it'll get better everything's fine but the only reason it's going to get better is because you're going to be jumping through hoops to try to make things better for them because maybe they'll be just a tiny bit less miserable but it's just a vicious cycle that's never going to end unless you get the fuck out of there and i can just tell like it's not worth it's not worth your sanity it's not worth your mental health it's just not worth it. You need to get out of there. You need to put yourself first and do what you can to ski fucking daddle. You feel me? You get me? So once again, I will add the uh, YouTube video of Robert's crazy ass. Uh, I encourage you to go listen to it. It's, it's, it's interesting. And you can literally just hear the rage in his voice. So definitely go peep that. (laughs) Highly recommend. Um, And I just, I hope this helped someone. Or maybe this can help you help someone. And yeah, I mean, this was kind of a long episode. Sorry, not sorry. Just, I really got a thing for narcissists. Not in a good way. Like in a, well, I guess kind of. I don't know if it would be classified as a good way, but I just, I'm passionate about teaching people about narcissists and this particular, you know, this particular personality disorder because I live it every fucking day. And until I realized what was going on and, you know, I started to become more educated on the topic, I don't allow myself to get stuck in that trap and so I think it's important for others to know how to get out of that trap and just everything in between you know so I hope this helped and hope you enjoyed it hope 
that was insightful. And I also hope that you have a great day, have a great week, have a great month, and I will uh, talk to you when I talk to you. Bye!